podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, the mighty... Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Hi, everybody. And how are you doing today, Miss Tammy? You know, I'm doing really good. And <coughs> I like how you say that I'm the mighty one because, you know, I've been finding shit to go along with our blogs on these serial killers that I don't, I haven't seen on any other blog. That You've like, been doing excellent, man. Like, uh, like I, I'm in, I've always told you that if somebody pisses me off, right, or lies to me, it's like I turned into CSI Tammy. Right, and I've been right. kind of like doing that with these. Well, yeah, periodically I go back and I'll look at the blogs themselves because with my busy schedule, I don't get to read very much. Right, right, right. And when I'm reading them, and it takes a lot to actually impress me because I go through a ton of books every month. Oh, yeah. A ton. Yeah, a shit ton. Um, you know. A shit ton uh, of shit. So I'm reading them and I'm going, holy fuck, man, this is good shit. Yeah. And the pictures and every, I mean, the pictures and, and even some of the videos that I find. Right. They're pretty amazing. Yeah. So today is my turn again. So here I go again on my own, going down the only road I've ever known. Like a drifter, you were born to walk alone. That's right. Now all I need to do is get a what was that a Corvette in the uh, in in the video? I think so. Whatever the hell it was. Yeah, and, and, and then I was just—I mean, after I did that, I went to "Turn the Page" by Bob Seger. That's a good song. I can't actually that. Is that is a one. very good song. <laughs> That's one of my warm-up songs. Is it? Mm-hmm. I love that song. <coughs> Sorry, guys. I'm still fucking dying. I'm pretty sure I got Rona. It's either that or lung cancer. Fuck. What do you have lung cancer? Probably get it again, too. No, you know. Because, you know, if you get lung cancer, keep smoking. It makes a lot of fucking sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do your doctors say about that, big guy? Oh, my doctors hate my guts. <laughs> All right, boys and girls. Today, we're going to be talking about Tommy Lee Sells, a.k.a. the Coast to Coast Killer. And yeah. here's my opening thoughts for you guys. Wasn't As, he like the uh, cross-country killer, too? No. No. Oh, we'll I thought he that. had two monikers. No. My bad. No, no. I apologize. You're grounded. I'm grounded. Can I, I can't watch TV, Daddy. <laughs> You're not right. <laughs> As of right now, I'm si- I've simply done a perfunctory glance at this case. My goal is that for this one is to give it to you, is to give you my thoughts and comments as I go along researching. My co-host, Tammy, has a spreadsheet that, that we work from. Yes. It's a list. Uh, it lists out every day, such as Medical Monday, Couples Tuesday, etc. After finishing yet another Fetish Friday, she told me that we needed a Thursday. I did. With that said, I started looking at the list uh, at random, I chose Tommy Sells. Uh, we each have cases that are assigned to us. Well, yeah, because, I mean, I went through and assigned some of them because, like I said, we have a whole list. And right. it's like, we, we kept calling each other and saying, okay, I'm going to do this one, I'm going to do this one. I figured, you know what, let's just do it this way so it's easier. Mm-hmm. You know? So I gave it just a perfunctory look. And uh, I think that as I look closer into this case, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster for me. Okay. All right. Let's get started. Let's go. 
Terry and Crystal Harris lived with their son and two daughters just west of San Antonio, Texas. A pretty normal family, all in all, from what I see. They attended Grace Community Church, and that is where they met a used car salesman by the name of Tommy Lynn Sales and his wife. There's my Ooh, side Tommy thought. Lynn sells used car salesman. That that's okay. Keep your jokes to yourself. So I'm making the same fucking jokes. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you talk. You'll see this. Sounds like the perfect job for Tommy. Well, at least the name like sells. Come on. In my mind, I have a vision of a sleazy car salesman saying, "Trust me, it was only driven by a little old lady to the store and back once a week." Of course, it's only it only has a thousand original miles on this 1980 station wagon. And one owner. And one owner. <laughs> yeah. Tommy visited the Harris home several times to get advice from Terry about his marriage. Apparently, there was trouble at his home. Oh, all right, I can mm-hmm. see that. Terry uh, had some friends. Uh, with the last name of Sorellis. Okay. The, the Sorellises were moving from Kansas to Texas, and Terry went with them back to Kansas to get the rest of their belongings and, you know, help them out, help them with the move. Okay. They left their children behind with Crystal, his wife, uh, while they were headed to Kansas. With Tommy's wife. Huh? With Tommy's wife. No. Crystal? Did I put Crystal? Hold on. Yeah, Crystal, which is Crystal Harris, which is Terry's wife. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Don't trip me up on my own shit no, when I know I was, I'm right. I was confused for a second. I'm Jesus. Like, I, I freaking just clarified something, jackass. <laughs> so, left the kids behind with Crystal while they were headed back to Kansas. Okay. Tommy Sells, knowing this, took this as his chance to do what I believe he actually intended to do when he first met the Harris family. My side note. After reading this next part, I felt like Tommy Sells fully intended and had planned to commit this crime in particular, either from the very beginning or close to when he first met the Harris family. Okay. After the bar that he was at closed, Tommy, uh, Tommy Sells made his move. He went to the Harris home and got inside through an open window. That's when he went to uh, the room of 13-year-old Katie Harris while she slept on the bottom bunk. And on the top bunk was 10-year-old Crystal Searles. The the other other The other Searles family's other daughter. Got it. She slept on the top bunk. Searles put his hands over uh, Katie's mouth and drew out a 12-inch long bony knife that he brought with him. He cut Katie's shorts and underwear off and began to fondle her. Katie wiggled free and Sells turned on the light and blocked the door so that Katie couldn't escape. And Katie began to scream for help. Katie then saw some blood on herself and said to Sells, You cut me. Sells then moved behind Katie and cut her throat. Oh, dear God. Twice. Katie fell to the floor gurgling. Sells, in a rage, stabbed her 16 more times as young Katie Harris bled out on the floor of her own trailer home. Oh, my God. But what about the freaking 10-year-old in the top bunk? Did she wake up? Ah. Ah. Gotcha. Un momento, por favor. <laughs> as Katie lay on the floor dead, a scared 10-year-old Crystal Searles said to Sells, I won't say anything. Sells didn't care. 
he cut Crystal's throat and she fell on the floor. She was a smart girl, though, and pretended to be dead. Sales walked out the front door thinking that he had killed everybody in the house. The, The mother. Hold on. Gotcha. You know what? From now on, you hold your questions to the end. Yes, sir. Jesus, make a note. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to assume, this is my side note, I'm going to assume that he also killed Katie's mom as well. However, there's not a mention of it when I was reading any part of this in, uh, through Murderpedia or the other two sources that I found. Okay. If she had not been killed, then that leads me to wonder, where the hell's Katie's mom? And... Where, where the hell she was while her daughter was being molested and killed. And screaming. And screaming. I think the mom was alive. It's probably at a bar. That's just me. Crystal, assuming that everyone in the house had been killed, ran to the neighbor's house and the cops were called. She yeah. picked out cells from a book of mug, of mug shots. Cells confessed to killing Katie and attacking Crystal as well. Okay. He even went back to the Harris home and did a video reenactment of the crimes he committed. Wow. Crystal testified at his trial on top of that. Good for her. That's right. Sells' confession was only the beginning, however. Sells would go on to confess to several killings spanning decades. He would, go to tell, he would go on to tell the police about his nomadic lifestyle and killing people from coast to coast. He deemed himself... The coast-to-coast killer. Oh, he named himself that. Way to go. A jury convicted Tommy of his murder of Katie Harris, and he was sentenced to death on September 20th of 2000. And what state was that again? Great state of Texas. Texas. That's right. The stars are bright deep in the night. Deep in the heart of Texas. You know, you find an opportunity to sing in every podcast. I've, my brain is just full of so much bull, so many bullshit songs. Yeah, and a lot of them can be made up, and it doesn't matter. Well, that's true. On April 3rd of 2014, Tommy Lynn Sells was put to death by the great state of Texas. The, oh, the, sorry. The great state of Texas had abolished the last meal for condemned people in their state. So Sells had to eat the same meal as the rest of the prisoners. I just say, that is the state that, yeah, that guy ordered all that shit and didn't eat a damn thing. And Right. Yeah. Being the true coward that he was, he declined any last words before his death. There was no apology given to the families of those that he had taken away from. Nothing to show remorse. There are some articles that I would like to read to you. This first one is called The Killer Who Complained About the Execution Drug is Being Put to Death. Slang Girls, Families Speaking Out, and Don't Mince Words. This is an article from the Houston Chronicle by Drew Joseph. Gotcha. And I actually enjoyed this one a lot. Huntsville, serial killer Tommy Lynn Sells, a drifter who was linked to the deaths of more than a dozen people, including a nine-year-old girl, was executed Thursday. Despite appeals from his attorney who raised concerns that, that a secretly made drug used to kill him could deliver a painful death. Let's stop right there. Who the fuck cares how See, painful it is? I was going to say, because I've been watching this, this docu-series. It's called On Death Row. And one of the guys that they were talking to talked about how this one guy that was being executed was laying in the laying on the gurney 
getting the injection and screaming, saying it burns, it burns. And once they start, they can't stop. Yeah, it's a done deal. Yeah. So he like laid there and kept screaming, it burns for like 20 minutes. Nice. Yeah. And so it's like after that, everybody was like, is that going to happen to me? And there were a lot of peels going in. And <laughs> okay, I'm a sick bastard. Shit. You know why I know something? I want to hear him scream. Yeah, well, especially this scumbag. They had no fucking compassion for the people they killed, and I've always been kind yeah. of like here and there on the death penalty. Oh, I'm here, here on the death penalty. You know, well, like I said, I've been kind of here and there, and it just, I just don't understand. You fucking murdered people. This Tommy guy slit this girl's throat twice and stabbed her how many times? Uh, for like sixteen, yeah. sixteen I think? times, and then uh, slit the throat of, of a ten-year-old. Of a ten-year-old, just because he fucking wanted to. Yeah, for no other fucking reason. And then he fucking fondled this other girl before he killed her. Yep. You know, but and, he's worried about how painful it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, it's like, did you think about how painful it was when you stabbed her sixteen? They never times? think of that. Attorneys for Sales had asked the U.S. Supreme Court to block the execution because Texas officials had refused to disclose the details about the uh, pentobarbital to be pumped into his body. Yeah, because they do it like a three cock, three three stage cocktail. Yeah, three stage cocktail. Yeah. The high court denied the request. Sells declined to give a final statement or make eye contact with his victim's families Thursday as he was strapped to the gurney and executed. Yeah, coward. Terry Harris, the father of another child victim. Yeah, he was, was the, he was the father of the 13-year-old. Correct. Broke the silence, commenting as the drugs took effect that the death was way more gentle than he would have given out. Yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> Probably way more gentle than I would have. What a great day, Harris added, after Sells was covered with a blanket and his family. Then the families were escorted out of the viewing area. Texas Department of Criminal Justice officials pronounced Sells dead at 6.27 p.m., about 13 minutes after he was injected with the fatal jo- dose of the drug. Yeah. Yeah, because they kind of give you one to put you to sleep and then... Blah, 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 like they do a dog. A Valverde County jury sent Sells, 49 years old, to death row in 2000 for the December 1999 stabbing of a of 13-year-old Caitlin Harris, Katie Harris. Right. In her family's trailer home in Del Rio. He confessed after a friend who was sleeping over that night surviving... Oh, Okay, gotcha. Sorry, can't read. It's all good. Reading is hard. Sometimes I just want to flush my degrees down the toilet because I can't read. (laughs) After having her own throat slit and helpfully identifying him to the authorities, he later pled guilty in Baxter County to strangling a nine-year-old Marie Beatrice Perez, who was abducted in 1999. The missing child, who loved to dance and preferred to be called Mary Bay, was found dead in a creek bed a week later, clad only in a Mickey Mouse t-shirt and a single white sock. Bexter County District Attorney Susan Reed agreed to drop her bid for a second death sentence, instead settling on life in prison in exchange for Sell's plea. Okay. 
was going to die anyway. So, hey. Yeah, I was going to say, I already got the death penalty. Who gives a fuck? As witnesses watched the execution from an enclosed viewing area feet away from his gurney, Sell smiled faintly at two friends that were there. <clears throat> he closed... Oh, so he had two people on his side. Uh-huh. He closed his eyes and gasped as the drug was administered. A chaplain holding a Bible stood near his feet, clutching his right ankle. Whatever went through his veins, he took too quick for my satisfaction, Mary Bay's grandmother, Mary Torres, later said outside of the correction facility, where families of both girls shook hands and embraced. I wanted to see him die, added Sean Harris, Katie's brother. That's honest. How old was he? Uh, probably the same age. I don't know if it doesn't say. Oh. I wanted to know that he could no longer hurt anybody, is the end of his quote. In the three days leading up to his execution, Sell spent much of the time talking to visitors, prison officials said. That's what prison officials say. Yeah. He packed his own personal property early Thursday morning and was described as reserved. His last breakfast consisted of three pancakes, oatmeal, and applesauce. Ooh, good for him. The execution came despite last-minute litigation by attorneys for cells and other death row inmates seeking to have the U.S. Supreme Court intervene because Texas prison officials had refused to disclose details about its newest batch of lethal drugs. Right. Lawyers for cells said... Uh, Wanted, what the hell did they write? <laughs> well, Lawyers I, for cells wanted to know. I'm going to correct that. I'm sorry. No. Oh, said they wanted to know because somebody <laughs> left something out of there. That's why. Said that they wanted to know more about how the drug is manufactured in order to evaluate whether it results in cruel and unusual punishment. Quote. It is our belief that how we choose to execute prisoners reflects on us as a society. <laughs> said a statement released by Sell's lawyer. I'm going to stop right the fuck there. Yeah, I agree. It does. But you know what? This piece of shit deserves more fucking pain and deserved that. Well, yeah. Well, and let's just say that. I mean, we went from, what, firing range and hanging to gas cha- chamber electric to chair. electric chair. Electric chair, then gas chamber. Oh, was, was it? it? I believe so, yeah. Okay, and then to fucking... Lethal injection. Because I remember there was one state for a while they could choose. Remember that? Uh-huh. When they could choose electric chair, gas chamber, or injection. You know what I say? And I'm being completely honest and serious, not mm-hmm. even my smart-ass self. Public fucking hangings. They should oh, have yeah. taken you about this Tommy before. Lynn out to the fucking gallows. Yeah. Put that noose around his neck and let him feel it. Let him just feel it around his neck. Yeah. Before they drop him. And if he doesn't die and he's got to twitch a little while, maybe that'll send a message to the rest of the sick fucks like him. Yeah, precisely. To knock it off. Precisely. That's, that's my whole thing right there. God damn it. Oh, Killing an unusual punishment. lost my fucking spot. Uh, statement released by Sales Lawyers. Maury Levin and Jonathan Ross, that was his lawyers, moments after the high court's decision was released. Without yeah. transparency about lethal injections, particularly the source and purity of the drugs to be used, it is impossible to ensure the executions are humane and constitutional. What's not constitutional about it? It wasn't constitutional when he was cutting girls' throats. Yeah. 
It wasn't constitutional when he left that other little girl in a fucking uh, creek bed. Right. You know, and probably molested her, given what it sounds like, with just a T-shirt and one white sock. Exactly. What was constitutional about that, guys? You tell me. Tell me, attorneys. What was constitutional? What was fair? Yeah. Wasn't that cruel and unusual punishment? Let the punishment fit the crime. Yeah. Well, and then there's this, you know, I told you about this guy up in Washington that um, he targeted kids here in Vancouver. And I'm going to be featuring him, too, because he was a sick fucker. And the only reason why I'm featuring him is because he was the last person to be hanged in the state of Washington for death row. And it was right around the time I moved here from Iowa. Sweet. And I remember, like, it was a big news thing because he actually got to choose. (laughs) You know? So my whole thing is, I look at it like this. I believe, I'm sorry if people don't agree with me, I think they should start including child molesters in fucking death row. I hear you, yeah. Whether you kill somebody or not, you fucking, you killed their childhood. You killed them on some level. They will never have that part of their life back. We're going to talk about that part of it at the end of it because I have some very specific things that I'll throw into that. Texas officials contended that they are not required to disclose details about the drug supplier or other information because to do so would breach security of the supply chain and could subject suppliers to harassment and threats. Correct. They said that that there is no evidence pointing to the likelihood of severe pain. The families of the slain children were on a list of list to witness the execution. Katie's witnesses included her father, brother, and two grandmothers. Also present were the mother... So he obviously killed the mother. Yeah, I'm thinking so. Also present were the mother and grandmother of Mary. Some members of the victim's family said that his death was far from cruel compared to how he treated others. Duh. Right, and there's and then, and then um, after the autopsy, it was proven that that guy that kept saying it burns and burns that his vein blew. Oh, yeah, that when they good. did the when they did the IV, which happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had it happen to me. Um, but my whole thing is, I mean, and this came up in another state, I think Colorado too, where they were questioning the the injection medication and everything, and you know, quite frankly, who gives a fuck? Well, here's my favorite part to close out this uh, news report before we get to my final thoughts. Others said that they simply didn't care whether cells suffered. We have all suffered so many years, said John Torres, Mary Bay's grandfather. It's yeah. payback time. Yeah, exactly. And I agree. Yeah, I mean, because they don't have that child anymore. <clears throat> exactly. They will suffer for the rest of their lives because of everything they missed out on. My final thoughts, and then we'll get into our discussion about the death penalty and all kinds of shit. Some people are straight out monsters. Knowing that this monster will never be able to hurt anyone, especially a child, again, makes me very happy. The state of Texas put him to death in short time, four years from the date of his sentence. However, even with his death by lethal injection, I feel a great deal of sadness for the the family of Katie Harris. Right. Even though Tommy Sells is dead, so is their daughter, Katie. Yeah. Let's take a moment to think about their loss, their grief as well. Every time they look at pictures of the past memories that they all had made together, there will be a reminder that Katie is no longer with them. Yeah. 
her brother will no longer, oh, where'd I put it? Ah, have a sister. A mother and a father will no longer have a daughter. She will not grow up, graduate from high school, get married. She will not have a first job or go to college. Tommy Sells took not only her life, but her future as well. Right. And that's my final thought on it. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I mean, I kind of go back to um, the mom of Jessica Ridgway. Yes. And the Austin Sig. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I don't care if he was 17 years old or not. He committed an adult crime. 100%. Fully knowing what he was doing. Yeah. And actually premeditating it over the course of years. Yes. He was he was he was culturing what he was, was going to do. Training to do it with the classes he was taking and shit. Yeah, and what he was researching, one hundred percent. Yeah, and so I go back to that and what she said in the courtroom. Oh you know, yeah. When she said, "After I leave here, I will no longer remember who you are." You will. Yeah, you won't be in our mind. Yeah, which I know is not true. It isn't, but that's a good blow to that, that little is, piece of Yeah, shit. that is a good blow to his ego because he's like, you know, because I believe when he did it the way he did it, he wanted to be remembered. I think so, too. And like yeah. I said, he pre- this was 100% premeditated, not just over right. the course of weeks or months, but fucking years. Right. And you know what I like about Texas, too? And this is probably kind of sad, but Texas death row inmates are held at the Polunk, the It's called the Allen something Polunsky unit. And that they, sounds right. Yeah, and they nickname it Polunsky. So they're housed there. However, the execution takes place like 20 miles away or so at what's called the death house. <laughs> and they take them there the morning of the execution, have them sit there. They get their last meal. They... um. They get their last meal and everything. They can make phone calls up to up to like 4 p.m. and everything. Then um, after that, they have the last rites with the priest or whatever religious person they have in there with them. And then at f- like 5 o'clock, they start preparing them. Then right. they take them right now. I mean, because the whole time they can see the two phones that can stop the execution. <laughs> and they can literally see the gurney the whole time they're in that cell. Good. You know, a little psychological warfare gets yeah. this garbage. And so not only that, so then they walk them like not even 10 feet into the room, lay them on the gurney, strap them down, get them all ready. Right. And so what I think, and this is mean of me, is that when they take them from the Polonsky unit to the death house, they actually have four officers to do it. And they're like different ranks. You have the driver, the passenger, then one guy sits in front of the dog cage and another guy sits behind it. And they are literally told if, cause it's a convoy, there's a, another lead car and then there's a car behind. Okay. And they are told if anybody tries to stop this convoy, we will shoot you first. So you're not going to get away anyways. (laughs) So something happens. This convoy gets interrupted. We shoot you, and then we take care of them. It makes sense because you're in an armored fucking car. Yeah. With this, especially Tommy Sells, that that literal piece of fucking garbage. And I'm going to interject this, especially when it comes to people like Tommy Sells. If you're their mom, you're their daddy, you're, you don't say that about my little boy. You know what? Fuck you, too. Yeah, because. I'm going to be honest. And if it costs me fans, that's fine. Fuck you. You two to the parents of this fucking piece of trash. Yeah, because, you know, at some point there are signs. Mm-hmm. 
There are signs. I, I mean, because I, um, I watched this one called Evil Lives Here. It's a huge, I mean, there's lots of seasons. And it literally shows, I mean, because there's somebody out there talking about it. And they talk about the signs that they saw, that they didn't recognize it as signs until later. But, you know, there are fucking signs. And you know when your kid's not right. Yeah. You I'm think? sorry. Although, Sig had kind of a legitimate excuse with his classes he was taking. You know, and I can kind of see where Mommy was sitting there. and Okay, and, but I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not condoning what he did. No, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm not, not condoning what he did with Jessica Ridgway. But the sign with her was when he fucking zip-tied her hands to practice for his class. That was a bit much, yeah. You know? That was that a little make, bit much. And then she just let it fucking happen. Yeah, that that I thought that was pretty peculiar. But if that's the only warning sign, I can see how that could get overlooked. You know, and you're thinking, well, maybe he's not going to be like a pathologist or a coroner. Maybe he's going to go to medical school and be a real doctor. Well, and then I look at it like or this, criminologist. Too. Yeah, it's, he's taking all these CSI classes to work in the mortuary. Yeah, and if work that was it. Work in a mortuary makes no sense. Why do you need CSI classes to work in a mortuary? Eh, who knows? But you know, maybe she had higher hopes. So I can kind of see where some can be overlooked. The ones that I have a problem with are the parents that there's signs all along. This is a normal family. And I I had two or three examples of ones that we've done in my head, but I can't think of them. And it's not important. But the signs were all there. And mommy and daddy are sitting there just coddling this piece of garbage. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kissing their ass. There was one of the, uh, the episodes. He's not a serial killer, but he's a sick fuck. He, um... He tormented one of his sisters the entire time. I mean, like, tormented her, killed her favorite, ran over her, her pet duck with a lawnmower, brought it to her, half dead. We did this? No. Oh, I watched I the episode. Oh, I was like, what fucking episode was this that no. we did? <laughs> I watched the episode, and like I said, he's not a serial killer, so we won't feature him. But, you know, so he did this, and, you know, the mom comes in, and she just looks at him and says, go finish it off and bury it. So he comes back in later and tells his sister, grinning his ass off, saying, I buried it alive. See? No repercussions for those and actions. The fucking, and the mom kept fucking covering for him. And when he was in jail, he called this sister. Well, this sister actually took some food down to him because for some reason they could. Um, took some food down to him and everything. And he told her to go find the murder weapon. He told her exactly where it was and told her to get rid of it. Well, she went and took it to the police station. <laughs> Good and sister. And the mom is outside with the, his lawyer, and she goes, you realize you just killed your brother, don't you? And she goes, I did the <laughs> right thing. You know what? You find their names, so I'm going to give her a shout-out. Sweetheart, you did do the right thing. Yeah, and by I'll your mom telling you name. that, By your mom telling you that, you know what? Random kid's mom, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck and, you. And the fact that, you know, so there were all these signs and the mother saw these signs and you're going to drink straight from the bottle. Don't judge me. I do. I'm going to because you've said things to me before. But anyways, so the way Fine I wine look at from it, a bottle. <laughs> the way I look at it, you know, you're covering for him the whole time. So you're making excuses for his bad behavior and you're condoning it. I'm telling you, she... People like that who condone that kind of behavior should be, have, have the same liability yes. as the actions of the people they are condoning. Correct. It should be the same. Because it's, it's the same crime. You set your child up right. to do what he did. Right. And you want to cover for him. 
Right. Let me see if I can find her name. Do the right fucking thing, people. Jesus Christ. I am very pro-death penalty. Like I said, I believe in public hangings and executions. And I've mentioned this on another show. Let's take child molesters because I believe that we should kill them too. I do. Um, I mean, I totally, totally do. Her name was... um, No, hang on. I'll find her name. Hang on. All right, then I'm going to continue my little spell. Yeah, go ahead. Continue. Let's say child molesters. If you are caught... I'm going to make it really good. There's DNA evidence that you molested this child. And they can prove beyond a shadow of a fucking doubt. You know, they've got photographs. They've got DNA. And they hang you in public. I guarantee you that there will be some other child molesters or people who are thinking about molesting kids looking at this public display of violence and going, huh, I just now saw this asshole get hung. Maybe, maybe I would just want to go into the, in my bedroom and jerk off. Right. Maybe I don't want to touch little Susie next door. Right. I believe that when people see and, and that there are actual real consequences to their actions, that it goes way further than even reading about the execution itself, like whether it be lethal injection or whatever. Right. It's that visual effect. It sticks in your mind. Oh, but Scott, it will traumatize people. It will save lives is what it will do. Exactly. It will fucking save lives. And maybe people pull their fucking head out of their ass and realize that there are real consequences to your actions. Exactly. Exactly. And how you choose to act in your life, whether it's for the good or the ill, Always has a consequence, and there's good consequences and bad consequences. You know, I choose to work, so the consequence of that is that you know the the aftermath of that is that I I make a living. If I chose to steal from my neighbors, however, the consequence to that is a very real possibility I'm going to jail. Exactly, precisely. I mean, and people don't see this as a real consequence. That is the problem. Yeah. People don't understand there's real consequences for their fucking actions. Yeah. And no, especially right. in this day and age, people think that they can get away with any fucking thing they want because they think that they're entitled to it. Exactly. You know, well, I'm entitled to feel like this. Or even worse, blame everybody but your own goddamn self. Exactly. Now, I understand our serial killers all the way up to the 80s when psychology was still kind of a budding thing. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of resources and help and shit like that. I kind of understand how a bad childhood can lead you to these violent actions. Oh, yeah. Because that's, that, that's the one form of catharsis that you can get from it. I don't understand it in today's fucking society. You know what I do understand? The consequences of these damn parents looking at their kids. Billy, you're going to give mommy a headache. Please stop. Please stop. You're going to get a timeout. And Billy doesn't give two shits about what you're saying to him. He's destroying a goddamn store. He's being a little dick. And you're not doing diddly squat to get this kid reined in. So the message that you're sending to that child is that, hey, whatever you do, there's no real consequences. The consequences is that mommy's going to get upset and she's going to she's going to feel bad. That's the only consequence. There's no consequence to you. It's other people. And that's the fucking problem today. Yeah, precisely. I just... I'm getting all just, worked up and on my high horse again. No, so, no. Uh, Belinda. 
Belinda Nance. Well, I don't know if her last name's Nance anymore, but her brother name her brother's name was Eric, and her name was Belinda. And yeah, Belinda Nancy. Nance. Nance. Sorry, yeah. Belinda Nance. Let me give you a shout out, sweetheart. You really, honestly, did do the right thing. She did. One hundred and ten percent. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. Okay. Yes. No. So you're you're in our thoughts, and I I send you out a shout out and a big hug and kiss right from me. You have any other thoughts on this? Uh, she probably didn't want the kiss, but the hug. Everybody works. wants the hug and kiss from me. I didn't say I slipped her tongue. <laughs> what the hell? You say, "Hey, hug and kiss." Let me slip your tongue. I'm not raping her or anything. I just no, gave her a hug I'm and a fucking I'm just saying, pack. not everybody wants Jesus. to kiss your big fat guitar playing ass. Oh my god! Yes, everybody does. <laughs> no. No, totally. I mean, don't fucking sit there and fucking condone his actions. Don't feel sorry for him because you know what? He didn't feel sorry for his victims. None he of them do. He straight up looked them in the eye and killed them. Yeah, ne- neither. Uh, we can talk about everybody that we've done this week so far, you know. The Gypsy Hill Killer, that was uh, Halbauer. Yes. Uh, him and Seymour didn't give two shits about their victims. No. Okay. Tool and Lucas, while they were hilarious. They didn't give a shit about their victims. They didn't give a shit about their victims. I mean, he shoved an old, an 82-year-old lady in a fucking storm drain. One of them was responsible for decapitating Adam Walsh. And then you have uh, our Medical Monday for this week, which was Kermit Gosnell. Oh, dear God, don't get me started on don't, that. Yeah, I, I, I'll get upset and start yelling yeah, again. Yeah, no. Because that one just pissed me the hell off. We don't need to get off. to a fucking... 13, 14, but none of, you know what these people all have in common? None of them gave a shit. None of them. None of them gave a shit. You know what we need to give a shit about the, the, these days? Seriously, I'm not saying beat your kids. Nice little swat on the ass for your little hellion, your little crotch goblin. That'd be appreciated from the rest of society. Yeah. That way there, that little shithead knows yeah. that there's, there's, there, know there's real if fucking you consequences. you notice that they're fucking killing animals and laughing about it, get them fucking help. Yeah, no shit. You know, you know? We li- we, there, there are, has been great advances in mental health. Utilize them, people. Fucking utilize them. Yeah. No. And there are signs. Fucking just look into it. Research it. If you think there's something off about your kid, research it. Right. And, and th- get them help anyways. And there's always room for improvement as a parent. There I is. am a prime example of that. So, oh, yeah. Let's, I mean, I'm not even a perfect... Well, I kind of am, So, like, with my son... He had a problem in school, and I was against medicating him. Right. And they said that he was ADD, ADHD, and I don't know, FBI and CIA or whatever the hell. <laughs> All them him. letters. All them letters. And I was totally against medicating him because I still do believe that most kids are over-medicated. Right. And, you know, I was against it, too, because I'm ADD myself. So when I finally got to a point where I couldn't manage it without medication, you know, because my brain was racing and all that other shit, and I couldn't work anymore. Um, I just went in and I said, you know, because he goes, what, well, what kind of medication do you want? I said, I don't know what medications out yeah, there's there for no this, first of all. And second of all, the only ne- medication I don't want is Ridlin. That's what that, they wanted to put Jake on Ritalin at first when I finally agreed. Right. And, and that, well, hey, I, that one changes their whole personality. I'll give my whole history at what had transpired. Jake was hitting teachers. And I kept telling him, if you hit a teacher today, I'm going to whoop your ass. I'm done. Yeah. So, came home, he had hit a teacher, I took a paddle, and I swatted him on the ass. And in the state of Washington, you can spank your kids. You cannot use a weapon such as a paddle. Right. And that's called a felony. 
I yes. do not have any felonies. Right. It got dropped down to a class four misdemeanor, which was fine. But had I had known then what I know now, right. especially about medications, you know, well, he would have been on medication because right. now he's, he's still, actually pretty calm. He's pretty calm. He's he still, hasn't he's, hit me yet. He's a pain in the ass. Don't get me oh, wrong. Please. All of them are. But he's 18. You know, he's a stinky 18 year old. That's just that's the yeah, way it he's is. A, he's a um, teenage boy. But, you know, we, we don't have the problems that we had before. Right. And the medication helps out fucking like after they found the right cocktail for him. Right. Because it is hit and miss, as I've said before. It was night and day difference. Yeah. Night and day. Right. Um, And we were able to interact with each other a lot better. Right. Um, and we were able to talk with each other more freely. Right. And kinda, he's able, his mind is focused now, so he's able to tell you how he's feeling. Right. Whereas when, I mean, because I know from personal experience, when your mind is racing, you don't know the feeling you're feeling. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, we took care of all those problems. Right. And that was through counseling because he was in counseling for years and years. Well, good. And he so was. Still needs it, but. And I've been in counseling forever in a fucking day. Yeah. Um, but uh, through counseling, and I always say this, medication alone is never the answer. No. You need you counseling need, to... It's a whole program. Yeah, because you have to work through the issues and figure out what caused it. Right. And so, learn better skills. Exactly. To do it. So while he was in counseling, I was going through my anger management in a domestic violence class. Right. That was state mandated. Right. Uh, as, as part of me not going to prison and my plea bargain. Right. And... I will admit to everybody straight out, when I first got into that program, I walked in there and I looked around, oh, fuck these people, man. I'm not like these motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, I've said I'm that listening to too. stories like, and then I slugged my old lady in the face. And I'm like, whoa, I'm not doing that shit, you know? And then I like kicked her in the throat. I'm like, whoa, what the hell? Stomped man? on her. And, yeah, it's yeah, all kinds of brutal shit. You know, and it was over stupid shit. Like, but what was I going to do? Like, the towels weren't even folded the right way, which I actually fucking heard. That's not me making shit up. Well, I like my towels folded a certain way, but I'm not going to go slug somebody because they didn't do it right. So I'm sitting there, I'm going, I am not like these motherfuckers. Yeah. Until I started really listening. And, and I offer up my personal life for our listeners in case it might help somebody out. Yeah. I really started listening, though. And it wasn't the physical part. It's the mental abuse. Right. That went along with it. Right. And then I realized a lot of my past partners, I was very mentally and verbally abusive to. Right. I wasn't never financially abusive or nothing like that. Not so much physically abusive. Right. Um, but as I was mentally and emotionally abusive. Right. And that can leave more scars. Than, I mean, I've often said I'd rather have you hit me than emotionally abuse me. So. You know, because then I have to work through shit. <laughs> then I really started working the program. Right. And the program... That I worked in. Big shout out to Carl Landerholm, was who ran the, that therapy session. He owned that business, um, because Carl helped me get through a lot of shit, man, well, and helped good. me develop the skills that I st- I still work that program to this day. Yeah, and finding I mean, the right other program. Than getting pissed off at our serial killers, you're actually pretty calm. I am. I am. Well, some of them like Kermit Gosnell just. Gross me Unless out. Unless people cut you off in traffic, then you know I hear well, it. Well, but I don't whip their ass anymore. I don't. This I'm not is like true. tracking them down. I yell at them in my truck. I'll sit there, you stupid motherfucker, and I blow off steam and I'm good. Um, but it's a combination of the medication, um, as well as a good, a, a good, 
therapy group right to teach you because you you really when you're raised as in an abusive environment like you and I were yes we've talked about and we've covered behavioral conditioning before correct so in me the one thing I had to finally admit to Carl was that while I was being verbally abusive and saying the most obnoxious things to the chicks that I was with just to hurt their feelings right it felt good I'm going to admit that it feels great. It feels empowering. Well, yeah, because it's oh, called it's, building yourself up while you're putting others down. It feels amazing. Yeah. The bad part is when you're done, you realize what you did. Then you feel like shit. You feel like shit. Mm-hmm. So once I admitted that, Carl helped me get through spanking my son with a paddle and how I reacted to him. Right. How I react to other people, how I interact with other people, knowing the difference between a good controlling behavior or a proper controlling behavior and an inappropriate right. controlling behavior. Working through all that, and it's taken me years to get to where I am right, right. now. Because therapy is not like fast food. You can't just drive through and get your therapy oh, no. in one quick drive through motion. Yeah, and then after the group therapy, because I went through... A- I mean, I didn't have to do it, but I, I volunteered to do a drug treatment program. It was a year and a half inpatient, oh, about a year inpatient. And um, after that, I got out. Oh, dear God. <laughs> You're wackadoo. I'm a Marty Moose. You're not a moose? Oh, who's the moose that's on the loose that always wears a noose? Marty Moose. <laughs> You're fucking stupid. <laughs> Anyways. I have to find some levity. I know. My whole thing. And then after you get out of the group counseling, you should continue with single one-on-one counseling because then you're still working on that deep shit and, you know what I mean, getting it out and figuring shit out. And learning how to properly respond to yeah. different uh, yeah. good or bad stimuli. You know, and it's okay. To, and the one thing that I – okay, so I stayed in the program for quite a while. Right. It's a one-year program. I was in there for three years. Right. Fucking little net. And I did that so that I can mentor because a lot of the guys going through there were going through the judicial system. Um, and as a guy, it right. is scary. Oh, yeah. Because you're in a domestic violence situation. Oh, they yeah. don't know how to navigate the system and it's scary. So I mentored. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing that you really need is someone that when you're feeling like you're going to explode or this is when they go, well, my goal is to never get angry. That is stupid. Yeah. Because anger is a natural, natural thing. It's very natural. It's what you do with that anger. I know that will dictate so many things. Your relationship. (laughs) It will dictate your relationships. Yeah. It will dictate your freedom. Yeah. Based on what you decide to do. Yeah. But at the end of the day, guess what? It's not your mom's fault, not your dad's fault, not your brother's fault. It's not the guy next door. It's your fault because you make the fucking choice at the end. Right. Nobody forces you to do shit. You make that choice at the end. You do. And I had to accept that. And that's a fucking hard pill to swallow. It is. It's a very hard pill to swallow. Um, It's just, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's hard for me. I wish I could have found more about Tommy Lynn Sell's parents, though. Oh, yeah. I yeah, because I want to know about his childhood. Yeah, I couldn't find anything about that. Ah, uh, you know, I'm going to have to fucking dig now. You know me. Get that backhoe out. Bye-bye. You know what? No, they, um, I just, I don't know, man. 
I just, I can't get over some parents who fucking condone shit like that. Because, I mean, he felt he was entitled, obviously. And then he killed the mother, and you don't hear anything about that. You know what I mean? Because there's no way she wouldn't have been at the execution being the child's mother. Right, I agree. And why didn't she hear her child scream? Right. Well, they mentioned that she wasn't at the execution, so maybe she did die. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just... I don't know. I hate people, period, so... Yeah, me too. So we're going to wrap this one up. Yeah. This has been Brutal Nation. Remember that you can send us an email at brutalnation.cast at gmail.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. If you're going to shop for anything on Amazon, please click the uh, link that's provided on our page at the top because it uh, it helps the show out. It doesn't cost you anything extra. All this uh, show is copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. And we will catch you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.